Hello and welcome back to the Decibel podcast. Uh, we've been on hiatus for a number of months, but it's great to be back uh, with a new panelist as well. Uh, welcome, Pierre Croft. Hi, Phil. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. Thanks, Pierre. How's it going? Good. Really good. So Pierre's our resident UX expert um, and experienced podcaster as well, Pierre. You were on the Internet Marketing Podcast. I have recently. I have done a podcast in the past. I wouldn't I wouldn't call myself a pro or anything, but uh, right. it's not my first time in, in, in front of the mic. I'm in safe hands. So I feel, <laughs> I feel confident that we'll come up with some good stuff today. And there's actually an awful lot to talk about, so we may as well just jump straight in um, to the latest digital news. Um, first up, Pierre, the Webby Awards. The Webby Awards. You're an avid follower of the Webby Awards? Um, I've, I have looked at them in the past. I used to look at them a lot to try and sort of get ideas for like what kind of... Who to copy. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'd like to think of it as inspiration, but it's mm. effectively the same thing. Yeah. Um, and just to see what people were doing, like what, what were the award-winning sites out there and, and sort of why were they winning awards or what led them to win the awards. Mm. So, yeah. So at this year's Webby Awards, um, probably the most noteworthy winner uh, was Tinder. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, Tinder won the Breakout of the Year Award. Is that really a website or an app? I suppose these days the lines are just so blurred. Yeah, I don't know about that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with an app winning a, a Webby. Well, the Webby's now has categories like Best Actor. Oh, really? So that's not a website. So it's kind of it's kind of broadened its mandate a bit. Just like digital has. <laughs> just like Fair digital point. has. All right. So yeah, Tinder won Breakout of the Year. Um, yeah, what are you? What are your thoughts, Pierre? Are you a oh, Tinder well, user? I'm not a Tinder user, no. Unfortunately, I've I've kind of feel like I've missed the boat a bit. Uh, yeah. There, there were I know uh, a lot of people in the office who were who were sucked into it a while a while back. Sure. Um, they were, you know, into it in quite a big way, and uh, they looked like it looked like quite a bit of fun for them. Yeah. Um, and also, you never wanted to get break. on that. <laughs> you never decided it was for you. Well, yeah, I just, I just, well, I've been, you know, I'm not, I'm not the target market, I guess, uh, just because I've been in a, a long-term relationship for quite a, quite a while. You so. say that. I have a statistic here that will shock and amaze you, Pierre. Really? Only 54% of Tinder users are single. Really? So you are target market. Because a lot of people are on Can't there. Can't be surprised. I didn't know that. Cheeky, right? Cheeky. That is very, very cheeky. I guess it's that, that old adage about looking at the menu... Yeah, but not, but not ordering. Ordering is that it? Is that it? Is that what people say? Sounds good to me. Right? Yeah, you can look at the menu. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you don't have to be single to be using Tinder, Pierre. Fair Just enough. A little tip. Fair enough. Um, Tinder uh, now has fifty million users worldwide and has created a billion matches. A billion matches, which is pretty impressive. Is that is that the same thing as a billion dates? No, a match doesn't automatically become right. a date. Do they have any stats on how many of those matches lead to dates? I, Do didn't, have a, I didn't see any during the kind of 10 minutes of brief research that I put together. Did they have a conversion funnel that shows how many of those no, dates lead to relationships yeah. and, and marriages? Well, eHarmony um, trot out the whole, we've created like 100,000 marriages. Yeah, right. Statistic. Right. I wonder what that conversion rate would be. Yeah. How many users... Strong. Mess- me- users, messages, dates, right. relationships, marriages. Weddings, yeah. yeah. I don't know that Tinder are really gunning for weddings anyway, so they're kind of... It's not really their... End point. Yeah. They're, they're going for a different <laughs> kind of conversion. I believe so. So um, so Tinder, yeah, Tinder's an app, a, a dating app. It's. Have you ever used it? Have you I've seen. I've seen people use it. Um. Obviously, it's. Yeah. I know. I understand how it works, and it's. It's. It's great. I mean, it's just so simple. It's right? kind of brilliant in its simplicity. Just does one thing. Yeah. Just focus on that one thing. Don't, yeah. Don't add features. Don't add rubbish. And right. Stuff people don't need. Just focus on that one thing. And also, it taps into you know. people's um, innate shallowness. Correct. Yes. Um, and also, in a very shameless way, you people's know. need for validation. Yes. At, at all times. So it's an, a heady combo. It is. It yeah. is. It's a, yeah, psychologically, I think it's really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. It's highly addictive as well. I've got some other yeah, great yeah. stats here about Tinder. Um, do you know the average number of times per day a Tinder user logs in is 11 times? 11. It's a lot. Average. 11 on average. Wow. So some people are doubling that or more. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So that it's compulsive. It is compulsive. Um, some other good stats for you that I found online about Tinder today. Um, men swipe right, which is like uh, saying that you yes, like somebody. Yeah. Uh, men swipe right 47% of the time. 
So, mm -hmm. you know, almost one in two times. Women swipe right just 15% of the time. So women are a lot more picky. A lot pickier. Or all the guys are just uploading really bad photos. Could be that. Could be that. Or it could be women aren't that picky. Men just are not at all picky. That's true. Men are just completely non-discriminatory. That's right. Which yeah. is good in a way. It's, I guess yeah. so, yeah. Good for us. It's good for us. Yeah. Yeah. Less We're obsessed not... with the appearance. <laughs> Shallow women. Um, also, good news for us, Pierre, as beard men. Beard men. Men with beards get 18% more right swipes than those who do not have beards. I wonder if they had Tinder in Victorian times, whether <laughs> that statistic would still hold true. <laughs> well, beards were so much the norm in the yeah. Victorian times. Well, maybe not as much the norm as these days in Shoreditch. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know. that's a very good point. I, I, it'd be good to see, like, after, say, 10, 20 years of Tinder, like, how much those stats would change based on fashions and things. Mm. Like, you know, if people wear hats or have piercings or yeah. facial tattoos or right. whatever, whatever Some else, other thing that just hasn't even been invented you know, yet. becomes popular in the next decade and to see whether that you know effects maybe beards will become a bad thing like beards they, could like they were well in the 90s a bad thing. You know? so we need to strike while the iron's hot yeah, really. i think we do I think yeah we do. so um congratulations to tinder on winning breakout of the year it, yeah it was it was a huge year for tinder i guess they it really was the app that everyone was kind of going mad That's for right. right i suppose tinder and uber uber's uber's a good one too yeah uber's a good one uber's very interesting actually because that's there's a lot of opposition to uber mm. Whereas Tinder's kind of doing one thing, doing it well. Uber's doing it really well, but it's also disrupting a whole industry in the right, process. Right. And there's a lot of people who are saying that it's, you know, I mean, there there is an argument that to be made that it's unfair that uh, Uber drivers um, don't get vetted to the same degree as black cab drivers do. Right. By, by TFL, and that's mm. a fair point. Yeah. But at the same time, it's filling a need. You know, right. It's, it's making the process easier. And once you do that, once you open that door mm. it's very very hard to go back as it's the same thing with like streaming music versus yeah. downloads and cds yeah you know? people don't want to keep paying for no. music they don't no, want to pay extortionate right. prices for taxis that's right I suppose it's interesting you say about disruption tinder hasn't really disrupted online dating it's just kind of perfected it well it's it's kind of a different it's more about from what i know it's more about hookups rather than relationships right mm, i yeah i mean I know people who've used it. I've used it myself in my single days. Right. Um, you can pursue, you know, dating, hookups. Is it all of the above? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's okay. a variety okay. of different people on there looking for different things. I mean, okay. the whole world's on there, basically, yeah, these right. days anyway. Okay. So. I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. But it's, it just feels like um, online dating is kind of, well, dating in general had kind of a business model that translated to online very easily. Yeah. Back when websites were starting out and then kind of evolved organically and tinder is just the natural endpoint whereas uber is like a whole new kind of mm. paradigm yeah yeah the sharing economy well it's it's, it's interesting you kind of wonder where uber is going to go and um you hear a lot about um driverless cars and google and you know mm. everyone's kind of getting in on on that now and apparently uber is um betting big on driverless cars oh really yeah so um, they're not running scared from them no 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 they're i think they're planning to fully embrace them it's the idea that um, all of their cars will one day be unmanned and you just mm. you just kind of call one up and a bit like Johnny Cab from Total Recall I guess if you remember that scene. <laughs> I do remember <laughs> yeah bit, a bit like that so basically Uber is becoming Johnny Cab in a way isn't Uber already Johnny Cab because effectively they have driverless cars in that they don't kind of have any drivers that in fact they're carless cars Uber yeah, don't own any cars or any drivers own, that's right they, don't they just own. own a piece of software that that's right beams a car into your life you that's know. true yeah, so, yeah. so the driver is a, its own his own business right, he uses right. Uber as a way of getting money I met a man in the States who was going to set up a fleet of his own Uber drivers because Uber have now got this kind of fleet solution where they, they provide you with the kind of software to run your a whole business of your own not just oh, as really? a self-employed but you can employ other people to drive your own cars and just power the whole thing with Uber yeah right and yeah yeah that's pretty good seems like so it's just become like a middle middleware for, right, right. for career and drivers. That's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. We've, we're starting to talk about Uber when they weren't even... I don't know if they won a Webby or not. No. It, if they did, well done to them. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't notice. Um, somebody else who won a Webby um, this week was the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. Ah, uh, yes. They won the Special yes. Achievement Award. 
yes. special achievement for dominating the internet for weeks and yeah. annoying me. Yeah, yeah, it was it was kind of annoying. I was kind of I was kind of uh, I mean it was it was great at first. I was like, oh, I can't wait to see my friend have ice poured on him. What a what a right. hoot. <laughs> but uh, it, I guess it got old kind of quickly. Yeah. Did and you do it, one? I didn't do one. No. I um a lot of my friends did. Did you get nominated? I didn't, unfortunately. Ah. I don't know why. So we'll never know if it was, you know, if you decided not to do it because you're an old Scrooge. Could be. Could be the case. <laughs> what a shame. Did you do one? No, I got nominated and oh, I declined. Are oh, you declined? Yeah, yeah. I just, I don't know, I'm not that into kind of enforced wackiness. Yeah, and that's a fair point. I think that's a fair, a very fair point. Yeah. I think, I think as more and more people started to do it, it became more about the wackiness as right. opposed to the original... Just cause, to really irritate you know. me, to, yeah. I, I I kind of agree. I, I share some of that irritation, uh, right? Up until up until a point, which is very which is very unfair, really, because it's a charitable exercise. Mm. But I think if you if you were to ask people, do you remember that ice bucket thing from a few months ago? Mm. Do you know what it was for? I bet most people probably wouldn't be able to answer it. Interesting. Although yeah. that's just a, a guess. On a previous podcast, I did a little quiz. I don't know if it ever got released because I think I screwed the sound up. But anyway, we did a little quiz of the year. Right. And I asked Geordie and James um, about the Ice Bucket Challenge. And I asked them that exact question, who is it for? And Geordie got it right. Oh, right. She's a kind of bleeding edge, young, like gener- generation wire. James didn't get it. No. So that's a, a 50%. <laughs> that's a 50%. <laughs> Let's just extrapolate that to the yeah, whole yeah, population. Yeah, there's no reason not to. Yeah, right? yeah. That's, that's good maths. <laughs> um, a cool little gimmick at the Webby Awards was that they made the winners give um, five-word acceptance speeches. Okay. Which is a good way of keeping things short. Um, so um, Tinder, uh, the guy from Tinder said, thank you for swiping right. <clears throat> which is kind of neat. Thank you for swiping right. That's five words. Yeah. yeah. And just kind of reinforcing his own messaging there as well you know it's yeah that's pretty app. good yeah that's pretty, pretty good decent does it have to be five words exactly five words well that's what they said at the webbies right. yeah right um some uh somebody from wired a uh, wired co-founders louis rosetto and jane metcalf picked up the webby award for lifetime achievement and their five word speech was quite profound mm-hmm. they said remember it's all just prelude which is quite deep it's really. very cryptic yeah it's quite yeah. thought provoking it's a bit bit ominous mm. it's a bit ominous even right I'd be, I'd be walking out of there feeling a bit bit worried for myself a bit threatened <laughs> I never thought of it that to way. what <laughs> right yeah remember guys sooner or later something terrible is going to happen yeah it's like the AI singularity will kill us all <laughs> right man what a buzzkill <laughs> um, and Tumblr said thank you my fellow teenagers so I guess the guy from Tumblr or girl from Tumblr uh, is a teenager. Yeah. Or, you know, kind of an interesting comment on their yeah, user yeah. base. Cool. You got any five words, kind of five words of wisdom? Oh, that's a yeah. tough brief. Just put um, you on the spot. I think, I think next year they should, they should probably go to the next level and make them write like a haiku or something. Nice. For their acceptance speech. I love a haiku. Yeah. Yeah. Just to kind of, and then the year after that, like some other form of. Maybe a mime. A mime, yeah. They yeah. have to mime their speech. Or Pictionary, that could Pictionary, work. Pictionary, yeah. yeah. Shiraz. Nice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> excellent. Uh, all good ideas. Great, well, that's the Webby Awards. Um, hope cool. everyone enjoyed them. Um, I know I'll be looking forward to next year and the, the next speech gimmick uh, with bated breath. Um, something else fairly topical has just happened recently, uh, Pierre. I don't know if you noticed. What's that? Election fever gripped the nation. Election fever. Yeah. Yeah, right. I did notice that. Yeah. Did you catch it? I did catch it. I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was afflicted, I must say. Yeah. Because it's funny because, um, being, uh, being not, not, not from these parts, I, uh, I only recently acquired the rights to vote in this election, I believe. Um, oh, so it's your, it was your first ever British election. That's right. That's Exciting right. times. Yeah, yeah. And I'm actually allowed to vote because I'm lucky enough to have EU citizenship. So it was quite interesting yeah. to vote in an election in another country. Yeah. So then to see how, how it's different and stuff like that. Mm. So it was quite cool. Yeah. yeah. And um, of course, the kind of digital angle on this is that during the election, there was an awful lot of people piping up um, talking about digital voting yep. or online voting yep, yep. why can't we have it I've heard of I've heard of this before um, there was actually um, there was a talk on TED that I was watching recently about um, kind of crowdsourcing democracy 
mm. using apps to do it. Right. So it's just, they've made this thing called Democracy OS, which is like a platform for um, to connect uh, legislators and the public so that the public can sort of vote, I guess, Tinder style on, on matters of legislation and stuff. Swipe right if you like yeah, this law. Yeah, if you want to, you, you know, implement the bedroom tax or... Wow, or that kind of thing, or, or scrap Trident, or you know, all these kind of. Big That's issues. disruptive thinking. It is. It is. Yeah. Um, but um, I, re- I also read an article about e-voting and why um, it's a bad idea. Do you? Th- I mean, do you think it's a good idea? I guess on a um, an idealistic level, I think it's a good idea mm. because there's probably a lot of people who. Uh, like us you know we work nine to five elections happen on a weekday Mm. Um, maybe the polling station is a bit inconvenient to get to Mm -hmm. Um, it just seems like we do everything else online these days why can't we vote online yeah Um, but I can also see on a practical basis I mean it's hard enough to put together computer systems that are you know that look after patient records or yeah yeah um, you know I, I can foresee numerous logistical yeah. And technical difficulties. I think, I think one of the points um, in this article I raised was that the, a digital voting system is different from a, like, say, an online banking system in that you need to have both anonymity and also to verify who you are. Right. And they're two very diff- difficult things to do digitally at the same time. Yeah. Whereas you know, because you think about online banking, it's like it's easy to verify who you are. Mm. You know, and you can. It's 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 easy to keep that secure, but to in a voting system, you know, you think about when you go to a polling station and you walk in and you get your name ticked off the list. So that's yeah. the verification. And then you go and you cast your vote anonymously. It seems an incredibly primitive system. It is, but it's... it's an old lady standing there yeah. ticking your name off a list. But, it's, but it works. But it know? works. And it's very hard to rig, at least if it's done properly. Yeah. Um, and so, and I can see that, like, from a, from a digital point of view, honest, and a, you know, a cryptographic and security mm. point of view, having all of those... You know uh, the gatekeepers, if you like, of, of the voting of the voting booth. Right. Um, is is a very difficult challenge to do. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose working in a technology company, I've seen firsthand um, loads of different things that can kind of go wrong yeah. with technology. Incredibly simple things. I know. Um, but they just create bizarre and um, unexpected side effects. Yeah. Well, I think they I think they tried it in the um, the two thousand presidential election in the US right is that, am I do you know anything about that I, I wouldn't like to say either way I think but I trust you. I could be wrong but I seem to remember them they they were they were using them in Florida or something right and there was some uh, there was some debacle about whether they were reliable or yeah um, I could I could have my wires crossed here but I just kind of um, seem to remember something about um, they were trialing it in the states and it mm. didn't, didn't work out great yeah so I bet you'd always there would always be a question mark mm. over the validity of the result. Exactly, and, and you know, and as with any digital system, it's you know, there's always the question of whether it's open to hacking or you know, mm. fabrication or you know, imagine if, imagine if somebody could you know steal your voting records for the past few decades of your yeah. life and, and use it against you. You know, yeah. Imagine if somebody could have stolen the voting records of one of the one of the candidates or an MP or something and. and yeah. Sparkle that would cause, you know. So on e-voting, your vote <laughs> is no. I think my vote is a firm maybe. <laughs> right. As, as long as they, as long as they can, I think at the moment as it stands, it's a no. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't like to say it, it's it's impossible mm. forever, um, but I think they need to figure out. There's a there's a number of really significant challenges that they need to work out. Sounds like it could be expensive as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Probably not and not a priority. Yeah, I think, I mean, it is a bit of a case of if it ain't broke, what is it? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. yeah. And I don't like saying that because I think it's always a bit of a cop-out. But <laughs> right. in this case, I think there's a lot of reasons why. Yeah, it's bad logic to say if it ain't broke, don't fix no, it. Because it can still be improved. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. You can still make something better. And everything's slightly broken to some degree, I think. Right. It just, you know, that saying just supposes that there's never any root, that everything's perfect, basically. Yeah. Which, which is clearly not true. But um, I think in, in the case of voting, um, yes, it's imperfect, but it's um, the solution creates problems of its own. Mm. Which Ma- Imagine the uproar if the site went down, you know. Yeah. I mean, you look at healthcare.gov, 
you know, and there was there was a massive debacle, you know, mm. just trying to get health insurance to millions of Americans, and you know that was just one country for one particular sector of the government, right? And, they, and that was a huge, huge, huge debacle, and everybody hated it. <laughs> I'm sure that if you looked uh, looked into it, that you would find a long and rich history of governments screwing up IT yeah, projects. Exactly, and then you'd have to find you know a contractor to build a system for you, yeah, and test it out. It it it, w- it wouldn't work on day one because these things never do. No, there'd be bugs. You know, there'd be. Uh, I, I just hate to think. Imagine working for the company that put that thing together. I just think it would just be a very very tough read. Yeah, indeed. All right, let's not do it. No, I think not. let's not do it. No, let's not do it. We'll leave that. That's we'll fine. Okay, great. <laughs> so, um, any other election chat? Anything else you want to raise on the election? No, I mean th- there was. Um, I, I I just love the the kind of the the old school nature of it you know everything's so analog yeah it's one of the last few things in our lives that are just really really analog it's quite charming really yeah like like vinyl records yeah it's like it's like the vinyl record of democracy in 50 years everyone will be um rebelling against e-voting and and be going out to uh to vote on paper in person oh i just love the feel of the paper that's right yeah it's It's the only time i get to tactile yeah yeah Yeah. it just feels warmer what kind of paper do you use right it's the only chance i get to use a pencil every year you know (laughs) every four years five years great the election done um let's take a break and uh after that we will talk about um airbnb um and um machine copywriting Airbnb. Another disruptive technology. Everyone's that's, doing this these that's days. That's pissing off a another well-established industry. Right. With uh, hilarious consequences. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you rascals, Airbnb. Yeah, yeah. Um, Have you used it much? I've used Airbnb loads. Yeah, loads. Huge fan. Okay, yeah, right. I've Massive used it a few fan. times, and it's, yeah, again, really big fan. Mm. Um, you know, are they... You know, I think I think they have a better perception in the market than Uber does. Yeah, for sure. You know, like yeah, Uber's got a real branding problem, whereas Airbnb, not so much. Mm. And it's interesting because they kind of work in similar ways. They do. It's yeah. all part of the sharing economy, mm. um, which seems to be taking the world by storm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose it is kind of uh, by the same in the same way that Uber is potentially risky. You know. Um, I suppose Airbnb is potentially risky. Yeah. But people don't seem to be so caught up on in that. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, it's, uh, I think, you know, the risk is, is real whether you're using Airbnb or not. You know, you can always yeah. go to a hotel and right. have a bad time or right. or maybe the staff will be, you know, bad or whatever. Right. Whatever, <laughs> whatever the problems are going to be, you know, it's yeah. not like, it's yeah. not like you're, whether, as to whether you're increasing your risk by using Airbnb versus staying in a hotel. Mm. You know, I guess that's hard to say, but um, it seems to be working. Yeah. And, I th- and it, you know, I think people, a lot of people prefer it to staying in a hotel because you, I guess you, s- you have a more authentic experience or what have you. Well, the reason we're talking about Airbnb um, is that they've just spent um, a huge amount of money um, launching their first ever global ad campaign oh uh, yeah I've, I've seen um that. so then you it's their new tv ad i was right. quite surprised to see a tv ad for airbnb on the tv just a couple of nights ago mm. it was kind of like the, a, a moment when i saw i'm just trying to make sure i get this right i think it was maybe it was facebook did a oh, tv yeah. ad oh really i think so yeah and i was quite surprised because it was you know up until that point it was um it was something that I just thought, you know, was organic and nobody really yeah. needed to I mean, advertise you, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, you don't, it's not like, oh, Facebook, yeah, I might give that a go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, I don't think there's many people. I think it was Facebook. Anyway, maybe I'm, I'm pretty sure there's been a TV ad for Facebook. Right. Um, anyway. That would surprise me. Or maybe it was God. Google. But Google do a TV ad? Google, Google have done ads. Right? Maybe it was Google. Google have definitely done ads. They've done ads for, um, yeah, like, I think they did one for Chrome a while ago. Right. And um, Android, obviously, there's yeah. of Android ads. It's kind of surprising yeah. when one of these big tech companies that you just assume. Yeah. Imagine if Uber did an ad. I wonder how they'd. I mean, they will one day, they won't they? Will, Surely. Yeah. But Uber and Airbnb are slightly different, aren't they? As in, you know, Uber's going, oh, we don't really own the 
cars or anything. Mm. Um, th- I mean, they must make money off the transaction, right? I mean, that's how they Airbnb. Make- well, yeah, both of them. Yeah, it's like yeah. a it's they you know like they commission they, they get a kind of margin. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think Airbnb charge a kind of booking and admin right fee. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, if this is if this is the way way it's going, then I'm I'm happy. You know, it's I mean, well, it, it is it's definitely going this way because it's huge. You know, they they've spent a huge amount of money on this campaign. They've already got some impressive numbers behind them. More statistics coming at you. They have a million listings in uh, 193 countries around the world and have helped more than 35 million guests to um, make use of their hosts' uh, property. So, so it's huge, really. I guess they'd have a lot of money to spend on, uh, on an ad campaign. Yeah, $22.5 million on the advertising Is that spend. worldwide? Yeah, that's their global... Right. That's for the kind of media buying. Yeah, okay. So that's, that's actually not too bad for a massive worldwide campaign like that yeah I guess pretty good I guess I don't really have any context and also it's still a lot of money to me so yeah you know. I mean it's obviously yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> it's like Scrooge McDuck levels <laughs> right. of, of um, so you've used Airbnb yourself I have not not a probably less than five times okay. in total um, still still use stuff like Expedia right things like that a lot of the time but yeah. I do want to use Airbnb more the last time I did it was uh, I think in Finland mm. in Helsinki and it was fantastic yeah what I love about it is you can um, you can really get a sense for how people live you know, mm. like, and I think that's something that a hotel doesn't really do all that well no a hotel <laughs> is the same everywhere in the world yeah really. that's and that's what some people want right um, but for those that don't there's MasterCard no, that's Airbnb <laughs> <laughs> also MasterCard um, did you watch the advert do you watch the I have seen it i think new it's, airbnb ever it's like the one um there's that kind of woman going around various places right singing karaoke and yeah she's yeah, kind yeah. of experiencing loads of different cultures yes. through her airbnb booking yes yes which i think is Just, bang on point right yeah yeah i would say it's, it's a great of, execution it's like it's like for travelers for people who like travel. yeah yeah they 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 kind of emphasize that it, you're you're not just kind of booking place to stay you know you're booking like a slot in a life yeah an experience in yeah, itself. yeah yeah you know like uh, they have they have this girl making friends with um her host's friends you know yeah, while yeah. she's on holiday and going to the kind of neighborhood cafe yeah um, which is kind of what everyone wants right? which is what everyone wants you know, because yeah it's rubbish going to, to starbucks when you're on holiday no yeah. offense to starbucks but you just, you know you want to get into the yeah. local vibe don't you the you want to try culture. the local way of doing coffee not right the, right not the homogenized global kind of way global way yeah that's right so um the yeah the advert kind of puts this girl through a kind of imaginary journey through like four or five different places they all look really good yeah the the mexican one th- they're all real by the way they're all real they're all real airbnb places that you can what so there are no actors book online none of them are actors like it's it's the real oh, hosts wow. and they went around filming it for real in the places. They didn't so, just kind so, of so that, set it up. So that woman's not actually an actor. Well, that, I think the woman probably is. Right. But the people in the um, in the ad who she's kind of like hanging, hanging out with and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, that's cool. It's like the real experience. Yeah, that's cool. But the places look amazing. Yeah. And it just Airbnb. You can find some amazing places to stay. You can. Like you can incredible. find some pretty poor ones. As you can well. find some pretty poor ones. As I well. had a friend visiting London. Um, in <laughs> In summer last year, and I think they made a uh, it was a it was a couple actually, and they um, they made heavy use of Airbnb during their travels. They did a round the world trip. Amazing, smart and, move. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they had the the whole gamut of Airbnb experiences from the amazing to the really quite poor. Right, <laughs> right. And I think that you know you hear about ones where it's like you're you're renting like a camp bed in someone's kitchen or something. <laughs> Yeah, they went. They went and stayed with one guy in America. He was like, you know, a college student who was who was renting out a like a futon in his <laughs> dorm room or something. Right. Yeah, and then like he invited all his buddies around and like they were drinking beer and having pizza and stuff. And they were, my friends were just trying to sleep after just right. Getting, you know, like. So I mean, it, it sounds kind of fun. It depends, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, it'd be, it, it really depended on your state of mind, I guess. Yeah, if you're tired uh, out, probably not. 
but I don't think it was really advertised that way. No. So there is that. I'm guessing they were doing on a shoestring as well, but yeah, there is. Yeah, there is that too. But I mean, for every, I mean, and and again, that's obviously a completely outlier type of experience. Mm. I've certainly never had anything like that, and they also said that um, that was, you know, a random highlight. And looking back, they were laughing about it. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, for the most part, it was you know really really cool. I've, the the thing I find amazing about Airbnb is if you just kind of benchmark the cost of a hotel and then use that as your budget you've just you know you will find some somewhere really nice to stay yeah i stayed in a place in chicago with airbnb that was like like a luxury apartment right it was just incredible it had like a you know like a dedicated wine fridge and bar area serious a breakfast bar like one of those fridges with an ice machine yeah yeah. the hosts left some beers in the fridge for me with a little note like oh enjoy oh that's amazing it was incredible have you ever incredible have you ever um met your the hosts that you're staying with i was going to come on to this right i'm such a big fan of airbnb yeah because i've made some really good friends through airbnb as well so i i met a guy um that I was renting an Airbnb off in Austin, in Texas. Um, and he was just a super nice guy. And yeah, he yeah. came to meet me and my friend, like showed us the the house and, you know, made sure we were comfortable. And then he said, oh, you know, I'll come pick you up. We can hang out later. And he took us around town. He showed us around, introduced us to his mates. Oh, cool. And we had a great time. So yeah, we yeah. met up with him again, like on the same holiday. And then I was in Austin recently and met up with him again, just, you know, yeah, as yeah. friends. So the advert portrays like admittedly a kind of semi-idealized view of Airbnb sure, but sure. actually it's not all that far from the truth you yeah know? Like, I've had some amazing experiences with it where I've met really good friends awesome so, awesome yeah yeah I'm, I'm a big fan cool. much better than hotels yeah yeah because the last time all, well the last time and all the other times I've always um, the owner of the property I'm staying at is always this kind of remote kind right. of person left but, a key but you know yeah. obviously kind of really cool you know they leave notes and mm. little kind of uh, the one in Finland left these little kind of Finnish chocolates or something for us, right. which was really cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, you, I, I don't know. You, you, they just seem to be really kind of nice and friendly, and you get that personal touch. Yeah. If um, you're lucky, you'll get you'll get cool hosts who kind of let you borrow their bicycles, or you right. know, like they have a barbecue in the garden, yeah, and they're like, yeah. oh yeah, of well, that's course, that's yeah. just living the dream, really. Isn't right. It? That's, yeah, that's, that's what you want. You've nailed that's it. what you want. Yeah. Hang out with the locals. Um, 35 million people who've used Airbnb to kind of match up with. Um, a place to stay mm. is 35 million potential kind of hotel or normal bed and breakfast guests no longer spending money in that yeah, sector yeah, yeah. so, so that's huge they, you right? can see why they're scared of it that's really dramatic yeah, that's a yeah. huge change the it hotel is. sector must be kind of wondering what it's going to have to do to yeah. survive yeah. And much like taxis exactly. with Uber yeah yeah exa- exactly the same thing you know this is established business models that um, worked really well and now something's come along that people prefer that's yeah. easier yeah um, and it's it's I wouldn't say it's killing them but it's definitely eating away at the edges mm. and I think a lot of them are worried about um, you know the way things are going and rightly so and it's it's not just kind of um, holiday travelers either because yeah. um, what business too well we, we've used it here for business over and it's been great. Oh, for Austin, yeah. Yeah, we yeah, went right. to yeah, we went yeah, to Austin yeah. to a, um, a trade show there yeah, and yeah. used it for that, and um, also a trip to Salt Lake City. I used it there as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Just because it's it's more comfortable if you're staying in a, in a city for a week, yeah. like a team of you. It's nice to have somewhere to work together, um, you know, where you can socialize. Yeah, of course. If you just have four hotel rooms, it's not great. It's not the same. No. You know, you're no, all no, kind no. of put in a little box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Airbnb is great for business travel yeah, 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 and yeah. way more comfortable. Yeah right. You know, better beds and better stuff beds like and just more. You feel more at home. Is it? Is, were they central? Like easy to get to where yeah, you're yeah, going? Yeah, and absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. And again, like that. compare that with the cost of putting four people up in yeah. a hotel for a week. I know. Like it's it's way better. Like I've traveled. Yeah, I've traveled. Um, stayed in hotels with business before, and it just get sometimes can be just be really dry. You know, mm. like you've just got the this cookie cutter kind of lobby, and mm. you go in. The room's nice, but it, there's no personality. And like you say, it's the same. Right. It's just like any other nondescript hotel you've stayed at before. Right. And I can really see the appeal of being, you know, a business trip, hanging out in someone's lounge room, having a few beers, you know. If you were, if you ran like a chain of hotels, Mm. if you were, yeah, if you were running kind of Holiday Inn or Travelodge or whatever, yeah, what would you, how would you kind of revolutionize your business to try and 
that's a, that's a really tough get back question. in the game. I think I mean th- I think there'll always be a market for those kind of places, mm. y- your travel lodges and stuff. Um, I think maybe uh, you know there are people who are just coming in, you know, just want somewhere to stay. You know, they don't want to have to look up Airbnb. They know what they're getting with the travel lodge. Right. You know, they know that it's going to be by the airport or whatever, yeah, yeah. and that just suits them. Yeah. Just feel it solves a need. Yeah. Also, you get the high-end hotels like the kind of your big Vegas ones. And that's a different experience. That's a different experience. Yeah. Again, you know, that's something where everyone looks after you. You have everything you want, all the best food, all the best. I don't know pools mm. and luxury that you can possibly want, and um, but then there's that kind of middle ground, which is people who are traveling, right? Want somewhere to stay, but you know, not necessarily going to be wedded to the idea of staying in a hotel. And I think those are the kind of businesses that mm. have a lot to worry about. So maybe more of your kind of independent hotel owner in a in a popular holiday destination, yeah, they're yeah. going to start to feel the pinch, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think your higher end and your lower end. It's the kind of the middle, yeah. the middle ground. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's like, it's like anything else, nothing else. Mm. I, play, I play a lot of computer games, so I use, I use uh, a platform called Steam, um, which is, you know, I, in fact, I used to, I used to, putting my, putting my hand up here, I used to pirate games when I was younger. Ooh, going to have know. to bleep that out of the final edit. <laughs> no. But I used, to, I used to acquire my software through alternate means <laughs> and uh and steam has changed that completely um, right by offering a really good um it's 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 a better alternative to um you know uh, piracy or sharing file sharing because it's easy it's fast and it's mm. cheap yeah you know and like spotify like spotify yeah. something spotify's kind of killed piracy to yeah, an extent because, because it's, it's easy just to so cheap anyway you can find everything you want yeah it costs virtually nothing yeah I mean, I subscribe to Spotify because, um, you know, I, I think it's, you know, 10, 10, 10 pounds, pounds is a yeah. it's pretty, pretty small amount for what you get. Um, and I'm happy to pay that. You yeah, know, yeah. Same, same thing with Netflix. It's better than, you know, using, you know, your pirate bays and all those sort of things because mm. it's, it's a better service. Right. It's better than the alternative. Yeah. Um, and it's legal, which is great as well. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. And it's legal. Um, so I, I suppose with the launch of this new advert as well, Airbnb have just made things even more difficult for those middle, those middle range hoteliers because they've made themselves look even more attractive to their target market. It's a yeah. really good advert. I recommend you check it out, listener, if you haven't already. Um, it will convince you if you haven't already used Airbnb, which you probably have. Um, great. Okay, we're on to our final um, final story, Pierre. Which is that? Which is. Are machines one day going to be writing all of our web content for us? Well, I think the real question here, Phil, is maybe machines will be making podcasts. Well, God. And maybe, just maybe. Wouldn't that be easier? This, this <laughs> podcast is actually the recording of two machines right now. Don't secret recording of two machines, yeah. Pierre. <laughs> There's actually just a software test. Yeah, yeah. Of, of and it's going brilliant. AI podcast writing software. If anything, it sounds too human. Yeah, you know? yeah. They need to tone not, down the not humanity. Not slick enough. Yeah, yeah. Dial down that humanity. We need to tell our, our programmers to turn it down. Yeah. You could afford to sound a lot more robotic <laughs> and professional than you do right now. I read I read a story on the drum um, today about, uh, about this issue of um, kind of machine... Uh, language generation. Okay. Which I found interesting. Right. So for writing. For writing. Okay. Writing obviously is a big part of my job in marketing. Sure. Um, And so I was thinking, great, soon I won't have to write anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I can just sit around and let a machine do my work for me. Yeah. So there's a growing ability to automate um, natural copywriting. Okay. Um, Is that that like... Is that just on a particular kind of website or, or, or news platform or just in general? Well, I'll give you two examples right. The the drum flagged up in their report and then I've taken a look at. Um, the first one is a company called Narrative Science. Okay. And what Narrative Science does is they take data, big sets of data, mm. and they... Um, have a kind of robot that um, interprets the trends in the data and spits out a nicely written report for you in prose. Oh, right. 
so rather than just kind of um, spitting out statistics about percentages up or down, it kind of frames it in language that your CEO or your kind of marketing director or whatever or your finance director okay. can kind of get their head around. So does it does it does it draw all those kind of correlations for you and stuff? It does. Yeah, right. Um, or or at least it ha- it has done for me. I mean, I had a look at two of their free trials. Oh right. Today. Oh, have, you've I, got you've got them. In front I've of got you. them here. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I've got them here. So they do t- two free Fantastic. trials, um, and I thought I'd just give them a go today. So the first the first thing that they do is they will uh, if you plug them into your Google Analytics, yeah, they'll run you a weekly report um, for your website based on the um, the data that's in GA. Okay. And then they'll present you with this very nice, well presented report that gives you a kind of May I have a look at this? Of course you can have a look. Yeah, absolutely. It gives you a nice top-line summary um, of what's going on on your website. So this, this text here, I'm reading this, and it, it, it looks like a, comp- uh, a person wrote it. Exactly. Give us some examples. I've highlighted some good examples of sentences that just kind of ring really true. So, okay, the first, the first bullet point here says, your site saw the percentage of total page views from your top 10 pages fall to 5% from the prior week. On the contrary, page views for... Decibel Insight visualized website visitor behavior and interactions, which is the title of the page, went up 45% to 1,001. So you see how it's using clever little phrases like on the contrary. Yeah, I, w- I mean, how can you program a computer to understand? What so happens? my brother, when he was about 10 years old, or maybe 12, um, used his, um, I don't know if it was a, maybe it was an Atari ST or maybe an Amiga oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to program a program that wrote thank you letters to your relatives for you. Your brother wrote the program. Yeah, right. my brother's a bit um, clever with coding. I see. Uh, so he wrote, a, he wrote a little program where you just put in a bit of data that says, um, like, what's the present, who's the relative, mm. uh, and like put in an adjective or something. And so right, you'd, right. Put in, you'd put in um, trainers from grandma, um, nice. And then it would generate it would generate a little framework letter. It says like, "Dear Grandma, thank you so much for your generous gift of trainers." Um, <laughs> they were they nice. were they were yeah they were really nice. Um, but you know, and he also had some random things like he'd built oh, up cool. a, a list of generic greetings and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how much of this report is kind of that kind of yeah. clever trick. So I'm I don't want to prejudge it. No, I've subscribed for another weekly update next week and I'm okay. going to see I'm going to see how similar the next one is yeah, in terms yeah, of the yeah. phrasing used so they use phrases like on the contrary um, the increase in traffic was fueled by direct traffic you know fueled, fueled. great like yeah. human language yeah yeah um, they present some nice little charts it's great it's a, it's a good report it's really handy I would recommend um, I recommend taking that a look at it that sounds cool so can you can, does it just work on analytics or can it work with all kinds here's the of other stuff? thing that they do for free Okay, I mean this is all just to show off their <coughs> technology because their their paid product. This is um what are they called narrative narrative science narrative science. Their their paid product is to um is to take kind of any data set mm-hmm. and you tell them a bit about the stuff that you're looking for in your business priorities and whatever, and they put it into their machine and it crunches the data and gives you human Great. sounding reports. Yeah. So the other thing that they do is a Twitter report. Okay. So you tell them your your Twitter handle. And they spit out a little report for you about so what they crawl what's going on. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so what's the goss from? Well, some of it's kind of good, and others, <laughs> others was a little bit um, off. So they said, right. um, you have. Oh, first of all, they they help me with my ego. You have one thousand three hundred seven followers listening to you, which is more than average. So that awesome. made me feel good. That's pretty cool. Straight up, you know. Yeah. Early on in the report, I was feeling good. Um, they mentioned that my most popular tweet um, was one that I posted this morning, and it's only had one retweet. And I know for a fact that that's not true. I've had more retweets than that yeah. this week. So that was that was wrong. Um, then they <laughs> then they one mentioned retweet. then they mentioned the most popular tweet in your network, which has had you know like a hundred retweets, which I felt was just rubbing my face in it and kind of upsetting. Right. Um, and then they also say overall your tweets have positive sentiment to them matching your followers on average so keep up that positivity which is good how do they know what positive sentiment how do you quantify positive sentiment I guess they have a list of words and phrases that kind of so you don't go on there like bad mouthing everyone and right. slagging everyone off 
our Twitter feed is very positive. It's a place of good vibes. If you use exclamation marks, basically, that's right. Yeah, that's positivity. Well, that's that's all very very interesting. So I it's think. kind of clever, isn't it? It is. It is. But, um, I'd be intrigued to see um, more. You know, I want to see more of of the output to see how believable and, and yeah. accurate it is. But early indications are decent. The other the other company and the other example of how this kind of technology can be used is a company called Pasado. Pasado. And Pasado sounds like a fruit or um, a kind of tomato sauce. Yeah. <laughs> Pasado's software, this is in their words, Pasado's software generates the most persuasive language for, for communications designed to drive action, eliminating the guesswork of copywriting. We call this, as in they call this, persuasion automation. Oh, it's basically like sexing up your copy. Right. So what they do... Pasado. Pasado, what they do is they'll, you kind of you feed in like your your copy into their machine and it will kind of analyze the words and what the topic is and it will put together thousands of different combinations of variable of, of like variants for it and mm. then it will measure their kind of persuasiveness to get against this algorithm they have i don't know whether they also do some testing on that or not right and then it kind of spits out the most persuasive version of your copy so it's got an algorithm that can detect how persuasive yeah. something is yeah right Imagine that's yeah right. That's pretty interesting. It just makes kind of generating leads online. It's a big like call. Taking candy from a baby. That's yeah. a big call. It so is. It's, it's a bold claim, right? So it's basically a thousand monkeys on a thousand typewriters. It kind of is. But then it's an algorithm to find the Shakespeare. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So you don't have to just go through all the yeah, output. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's kind of that's kind of cool. Yeah. Interesting claim indeed. And and um, persuasion automation worth keeping an eye on. I think. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Well, so, it's funny that because um, there's, there's a few apps like that. Um, I don't know if... You, I think you put me onto it, actually. Hemingway app? Oh, yeah, Hemingway, yeah. I mean, that's obviously not particularly advanced in what it does, but um, I thought it was a fantastic app. Like, the last last time I was writing an article, I was I, I was making use of that all the time. And what Hemingway does, um, for those of you who haven't um, used it, is you put in a, a piece of prose that you've written... And it kind of analyzes it based on readability, That's right, and kind yeah. of quality of writing. So, it's, so it if tells your you sentences are too long, yeah, it's it's exactly yeah. So it's um, sentence length and um, the number of times you use like adverbs, right? Like redundant, like redundant, redundant words yeah, yeah. and things like that. It kind of just sharpens up your copy. Yeah, yeah. Which I guess is kind of a similar thing to to what Posado are doing, mm. but. Um, Pasado are doing it on a kind of industrial scale. Yeah, and I guess making it more emotive, whereas mm. whereas Hemingway is just about doesn't actually analyze what you're saying, just how you're saying it. Right. In a sense. Yeah. Doesn't say that this is going to be more persuasive. It's just going to say this is going to be easier to read because it has less words or you know shorter sentences. Right. Which is good for any kind of copywriting, I guess. I suppose the um, the interesting moment comes when um, a technology exists where all you have to do is type in your product yeah and everything else just you know just takes place for you yeah <laughs> you know the a website will automatically yeah. be built which That's automatically right. a b tests itself yeah automatically yeah, yeah. analyzes traffic flowing through it and automatically yeah. optimizes itself and yeah. the copy is continually optimizing on an automatic basis yeah and you just sit there which and is, let the money roll in which is kind of scary in a sense pretty sure it's patent gonna, this idea I think it may well be. I think I think Optimizely are already working on that kind of thing right automatic kind of machine learning machine learning for optimizing so it'll it'll um, you'll feed in a bunch of variables um, things like you know headline ideas right button colors that I want to test and it will just create multiple variants mm. um, using all of the kind of the, the, the user interface patterns and things See, that you supply it with. I want my technology to just already know, you know, the first thing that we should do on this site is change the buttons so you want to be out orange. of the loop just, and i just wanted to do it yeah yeah just run that a b test for me yeah. already like i don't you know i shouldn't have to configure that but what if you come back what if you come back to your site and it's completely different to the way you remembered it? Well, according to the kind of according to the um, Tim Ash oh, yeah, slash Tim Craig Ash. Sullivan like yeah. school of CRO, like you shouldn't care yeah. if your website looks rubbish, but it delivers you the most revenue it possibly can. Yeah, then that's all you should care about. That's all you should care about. That's, we've we've discussed this in previous podcasts. It's very, it's very 
yeah, the, just the cold-hearted logic. Yeah, that just makes sense. The, 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 the cold, yeah, dark yeah. heart <laughs> of, <laughs> of marketing. <laughs> yeah, the singularity. Yeah, exactly. Of CRO. We've come back to the singularity again. We've come back to the singularity. So well, I think it, you know it's an important. It, it raises an important discussion about uh, sort of artificial intelligence. You know, like mm. that that article that you just showed me, that little bit of analytics text was sounded like a person wrote it even though they didn't yeah you know so i guess it's you know it's like turing capable but it passes the turing test like my brother's um thank you letter generator someone had to write that in the first place someone did that's right so you had to you had you have to have you had to have someone programming it to do what it's doing mm. um, somebody had to know there was a requirement there yeah, for that yeah, report yeah. So, so I guess in the end, we all become kind of configurers of technology. Yeah. Well, it's just a tool, really, isn't it? Mm. It's just making... It means that we have to spend less time writing copy and more time, I don't know, coming up with new ideas for stuff, actually doing the things that computers can't do. Yeah. Being Coming up with original ideas and writing just new like, ideas for software. That's just like make Tinder and it's just like Airbnb yeah. and all these other things it's all saving us time so we can just do better stuff right better stuff that's the idea that's the idea uh, i just hope it doesn't put too many people out of work according to a study by the oxford martin school pierre nearly half the jobs in the usa will be automated within the next decade half of them half of the jobs what about all the people that need to implement that automation will it create any more new jobs i would hope so it must be some kind of feedback loop in there somewhere. It's the digital economy, you know. Yeah. We're creating jobs faster than we're filling them. That's true. Certainly here anyway. Yeah, that's <laughs> We true. are hiring. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Well, thank you, Pierre, for all your contributions today. It's been a good chat. No worries, we've covered some ground. I think we have too. I think yeah. we've solved some problems today. We have. Any final thoughts before we go? Uh, no, not really. I think... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously we live in interesting times, I guess. We sure do. That's often the conclusion to yeah. this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> kind of wistful staring into the distance and yes. pondering what lies before us. And, and things like that. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So we'll see. But anyway, yeah, thanks a lot. And thanks for listening uh, to you, listener. And uh, we'll see you again very soon. Take care.